0: It's a new year 2023 is here Putting on my list of minis New season cheers Let's talk about the future Let's talk about the past Time to get on the nut Your average Joel podcast Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Not Your Everest Joe. So today we are actually going to be talking about a pretty serious topic that has affected my life and I'm sure has impacted many other people's lives for sure. So today's topic of the day is actually going to be on cancer. So I'm personally wearing blue because March is colon cancer awareness month and this is actually um. A blue this is a team shirt that like me and some of my family wore in honor of our mom who had colon cancer and you know we each year or i mean we've done it for two years this will be our third year here very soon that we will be doing this 5k called the rump shakers here in birmingham and we are going to do um do it in honor of her you know how we have a team and you know, we got some matching shirts going on, and I think it's going to be a good time. So I wanted to talk about cancer for many reasons. For one, I know that many people are impacted by cancer. Somebody knows somebody that's got cancer, or you may be personally going through cancer. And the reason why I want to share this story of cancer, um, about my mom's story, is because I know that there's there's hope within this story but I know that there's some tough battles that were in this story as well you know that's in this story and I just want to you know give her story and to to bring awareness you know I mean I know everybody is aware of cancer but to bring awareness to the the things that the person with cancer goes through and the stuff that we go through as someone that is watching our loved one go through cancer so I'm gonna rewind this back to 2018 so a little bit after Thanksgiving of 2018 my mom started having pain um, down there in her abdomen and I didn't really think too much of it and you know because I was thinking maybe you just never know I don't know if there's a stomach bug I don't know if it's um sorry for the speaking line, but um not sure if it's um, you know, a, a bathroom issue. Not sure if she's, you know, gone to the bathroom, you know, as much, well, if there's constipation. But, you know, just I was never thinking that it would be cancer. So anyways, it it just turned into her having this same problem for a while. Uh, for a little while, a little too long, probably, probably close to like a week, and before anything was done, and she was comparing this pain to like labor, you know, like being in labor. And I know I'm personally I'm not a woman, so I know don't know what that feels like. But from what I hear, labor is awful, it's painful, and you know I definitely don't want to ever go through that. Which I mean I know I never will. But you know, um, shout out to the women. <laughs> so, anyways, um, you know, I so we ended up taking her to the ER, or I ended up taking her to the ER. It was around two or three in the morning. Um, it was during the week. I remember that because I remember I had school the following day. But thankfully, I had night classes to where I was able to sleep in because at the time. Um, I had a part-time job to where I was working during the evenings anyways, but, um, but on this certain day, it may have been like a Wednesday going to Thursday, because I think Thursdays I went to school. So anyways, I think it was a Wednesday night, um, or technically Thursday morning around two, 3 a.m. So I took my mom to, to the ER and they had some concerns um they they brought up that they were worried that it was cancer and that she really 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 needed to get this checked and so we and they ended up referring us to somebody here in town and it took a little bit to eventually you know get get her to uh you know to get my mom to see in this doctor and Anyways, you know, she went through the process of, like, being with her. Um, my mom ended up having a hysterectomy. And because she was having, like, big, like, abscess here on her abdomen. But then she also had a, a mass too, showing. So, see if there was that as far as the... Um, the hysterectomy goes, and um, she she was in the hospital for a few days, actually, maybe like, probably I don't know, probably even close to a week, maybe, and um, and I remember. Her being in the hospital for sure because, like, a few days before, um, you know, she had a history to me, but a few days later, um, I ended up graduating <laughs> from UAB. I got my bachelor's degree in computer science, got my mathematics minor in there as well. Um, I remember. Being there at graduation. And I remember seeing like my dad, uh, some of my siblings there, uh, my in-law, you know, my sister-in-law. Um, and I remember after the graduation, you know, going out for lunch, you know, to celebrate my graduation and you know both of these things you know she wasn't able to make it um because of her recovering from the hysterectomy and but thankfully you know my my sister-in-law you know went up there and watched me graduate online with my mom um on Facebook so uh Facebook Live thank goodness for technology nowadays. And so um see so yeah, she ended up watching me graduate and probably got a better view of me than actually being there because you know you're like a, a little ant, I guess um in a crowd, of, you know, thousands are graduating. but um, but there were moments where I guess I had some close-ups on camera, so, um, there's that. And then uh, anyways yeah, you know, so after my graduation, I remember you know going to lunch uh, for to celebrate my graduation. And after that, I went to uh, the hospital to see my mom. Uh, and showed her my cap and gown. and a lot of my family was up there, you know, to go to visit her as well. and And I remember after that going to a hockey game with my brother so you know so it was a pretty eventful day but anyways um at this point we did not know that it was cancer you know they did a hysterectomy and they did some removing you know of um you know that abscess that was sitting there that was causing her some pain so you know a few days later after my graduation i was at work and I got a call from one of my brothers who told me that she was diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And when you hear that kind of news, I mean, I know for her, I know it's definitely got to be even worse than, you know, for me, of course, because I'm not the one personally going through it. But for her to personally go through it, you know, it was... You know, I'm sure it definitely was scary and definitely just shocking and just terrifying. And, but when I, and when I heard it, the news, I was pretty, pretty, you know, down for the rest of the day. I never would have expected stage four colon cancer of all things. And it was a, you know, pretty shocking thing for sure, because, you know, it was just, we had just so many questions, you know, wondering what is this, what's going on, and so, anyways, I remember, you know, at one point, her being in the hospital, um, you know, just talking, you know, just, you know, being very, you know, she was very, of course, sad about this news, and, you know, scary that, she wouldn't see the next year Christmas, and she wouldn't be here for Christmas. And, you know, it's it's very sad to hear that, and you know, because you you, you just never know people. You do wonder, you know, being a loved one, seeing someone go through cancer, you do wonder yeah. if, is is, you know, are they going to make it? And um, so I can understand those questions and those fears that she may have and that you may have as a loved one. So so anyway, um I'm gonna kind of speed up the story. So uh throughout twenty nineteen, um she went through nine rounds of chemo. And if, I know a lot of you know, she went through a lot of stuff of course, you know, though the stuff, the stuff like losing weight and, you know, everything tasting off. And there are some things to this day that still tastes weird to her. And, you know, the good thing that I guess I could say out of it is that um, she, she never lost any hair. So, and I know that there are many people that may be watching or listening to this that um have... A loved one, or they personally lost their hair during their cancer journey. Um, but I was, in a way, you know, just I was glad for my mom that you know that wasn't the case because she was already going through enough stuff. And you know, as far as, you know, just being uncomfortable, being in pain, you know, everything tasting weird and being, you know, weak. So so yeah she went through nine rounds of chemo um after her ninth chemo she ended up having surgery um to remove the rest of the cancer because um, the cancer wasn't growing but it wasn't exactly shrinking either it was like hidden way up in her so they ended up um doing that and um, you know getting the rest of the cancer out and then she ended up uh, having like numbness in her leg like after the surgery of uh, one of her legs and I remember her coming home and I remember she fell you know a couple times throughout the weeks and then um, a few weeks later on September 12th, 2019, um, I remember this day so clearly, um, because, you know, I still live with my parents, and I remember that morning, I, I've never seen Fer, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, so me and my mom were watching some of it while I was eating breakfast before I head out to work, um, before I was heading out to work, which at this point I was now working at Coca-Cola. And this was before COVID. So I was going into the office. So I remember watching part of the movie. And you know, we said we were gonna watch the you know, the second half of the movie tomorrow. Um, so I remember leaving and you know, of course getting in my car, heading to work. I remember on the way to work, there was a Katie did um you know, that green bug just sticking on my car as I was riding the whole way through and it was staring at me in the rear view mirror. Um, not rear view mirror on, you know, the mirror on the side. Um, and I kept seeing that thing staring at me and I think I probably even got got out of my car on the other side, like on the right side of my car or or maybe I ended up getting out and somehow hitting it off or, you know, something like that. So, um, so I ended up, um, you know, going into work. Um, you know, of course, not, you know, thinking of nothing, you know, just, you know, just knowing that she had numbness still in her leg, but never thought that what happened next was going to happen. So, I ended up um, getting a call from one of my brothers and he told me that my mom was being, like, she was getting in an ambulance and going to the hospital. So, and he's, and we all assumed that she just, like, fainted as from what I thought initially, that she just fainted. And, that you know, she was just being sent to the hospital, you know, making sure that she's all right. So, of course, I was afraid, you know, I was worried. And, of course, I still stayed at work because I was thinking, well, maybe she just fainted and she'll be all right. So I ended up, um, you know, still working, going to lunch and all that. And later in the afternoon, I got another call from the same brother. And he told me that um that my mom you know well our mom um she is she's not doing good um and that she has two to three hours left to live and when I heard that I was I was speechless because like earlier that day I just saw her you know I just went you know, just saw her, We were watching Fairless Bueller's Day Off, and and then you had to hear later in the day that that she only had two or three hours to live. It was it was scary. You had to hear the news, so I hung up, and I remember going back in you know, to the um, you near know, to the work area. And I remember asking my supervisor, I, I didn't say it out loud because I didn't want any of my coworkers to hear. So I messaged her asking her if I can if I can you know, talk to her out, out in the hallway. So you know, so she came out there and I told her the situation, but you know, I was of course, crying and, you know, hysterically, you know, who, who wouldn't, and she ended up telling me, yeah, it's going to be okay, and that, that you need to go be there for her, and and I, you know, left to go to the hospital, and, and I guess I forgot to mention this, but like, at some point throughout her cancer journey well before she even started her chemo we moved her over to another hospital in town so so anyways I it was the hospital that she was at you know now was closer and so I got there within like 10-15 minutes and I was up there And some of my family was already there. So we were all just sitting in the waiting room. And uh, a lot of my family showed up. A lot of, you know, like some of my in-laws' family showed up. Some people from church showed up. And we're all just sitting there just wondering, like, what's going to happen? What's happening back there? through those double doors, like. And a lot of fear was going through my head. A lot of, lot of emotions and just the what ifs and wondering if she's gonna die today. Anyways, um, you know it was the whole journey of her going through cancer was already emotionally draining for me. I think 2019 was the most like draining gear of my life and in any ways um the doctor came out um I I don't even know the time or nothing it it, it seemed like forever just because you're just wondering what was happening back there and he told my dad that that she's okay (laughs) and Oh, I feel like I'm going through these like emotions again just because it's something that like changed my life. (laughs) And, uh, anyways, you know, so that she was all right. I'm not sure if they told him all of this within the moment, within that moment, but I'm going to go ahead and say what happened back there. So they took her back there and they had to figure out. Well, um, they found out that she had two blood clots that went to, into both of her lungs, which that's what caused her to faint. And somehow she woke up, you know, like was conscious, you know, at home. And, and thankfully, she was going to be going to physical therapy with, um, and my dad was going to take her um, because of her legs. So she had to almost learn how to walk again in a way so you know with that leg so my dad came in and my mom said it felt like it's hurting me you know just laying there you know asking for help and you know you can't get nothing out because you know you got you got something in your lungs so you know she thankfully the door you know the front bathroom door was open that's where she was I think she was just put something up in there and that's where she fainted and um my dad came running up the stairs you know called nine one one and that's when they you know put her in the ambulance. So anyways, you know, they found that her you know she had blood clots in both of her lungs. And they had to think of a quick something quick to do to her to her for her to live. Um because that's what they told, you know, my dad that she only had two to three hours to live. And you know and of course, they were both like, "What? Like two three hours to live, like you know, shocking. it, had, it was a shock to all of us. And I mean, I know it's always going to be shocking when somebody die dies that you don't expect to die. Um, I mean even though we're all expected to die at some point, but you know, in that way and just that day it's just it was just crazy. But anyways, so back to the back to what happened back there. So, they had to kind of, you know, come together with an idea. And an idea came up. I, to be honest, I don't know exactly what they did in this procedure. But all I know is that they had her awake the whole time. They were trying their best to, like, numb the pain. And she said she was still feeling the pain. But um, they had to do this procedure with her awake. Um, just because of this um, this state of urgency as far as the two to three hour period that they felt like she had left to live. So they did a surgical procedure that only had a 30% chance of working and it worked. So um, so seeing that, that, you know, after they told us the good news, she was okay. Um, they, you know, we all went walking all the way over to the ICU unit um, where she was at. There were so many of us walking down that hallway. Um, I, I love that. You know, everybody was thinking, oh, my gosh, like, she's got a lot of support. And I thought that was awesome. I remember, like, being a part of that. I almost felt like we were, like, having a parade for her being alive still. So, yeah, we walked over to the other side of the hospital. And they said in the ICU only, like, four people were allowed at a time. So some people went in before me. Um, I was one of the later ones to go. And... I remember some of my family members were coming out like crying and I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know, because I'm, you know, pretty emotional person. I wear my heart on my sleeve and I'm kind of a softie, but especially with family, with my loved ones. And I remember my mom, you know, I didn't see her at this point, but like these family members I have seen my mom were crying and they were telling me that she was saying goodbye to them and that she loved them you know something happened to her and and i remember her breaking down before i even saw her because because i was thinking like i don't i don't want to say goodbye you know I, I know not many people get the chance to say goodbye to their loved ones that tragically passed away so suddenly and I know that would have been my opportunity to say goodbye, but but it was just um it was hard to take that in. And anyway, I remember you know one of my family members came out, you know, and said that her heart rate's going up and that we need to do our best to stay strong and to stay calm. So so yeah, we. I had to go back there. I went back there to my, you know, my two sisters. Um, we walked in. I had to keep a brave face, and you know, stay strong. And and I remember telling her, like, you know, we we still gotta watch the second part of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and. And you know, she was just, you know, saying, you know, we were just kind of talking and she was talking about how, you know, she, you know, she was basically saying, you know, whatever happens, just know that I love y'all. And, you know, we just, you know, just kept encouraging her and, and telling her, of course, that we love her too. and And, you know, came out. After all that. And of course she was staying in the hospital. For that resident night of course. And for the next days. So. so See. She ended up being okay. After that situation. But it's still the hardest day, And still the worst day. That I could ever think of. Because I really thought that I was. Losing my best friend that day. And. I know people probably thinking you're such a mama's boy, but I guess I am. And um, and I remember just praying a lot, you know, to you know, please, please, God, you know, keep her alive. And I don't know, he was he's sovereign no matter what, even if he took her, you know, to go to heaven. But I guess it was just um you know, and she already didn't see my graduation, and I told her I'd rather, I'd rather see her watch me get married and have children, and you know, for her to meet my kids, and you know, because right now I'm not married, I don't have children, and and that's, you know, what I was, you know, that's what I wanted her to be there on my wedding day, and anyway so a lot of a lot of emotions were going into that and oh, sorry y'all um, so anyways after September let's let's throw some happiness in here uh, sorry I'm kind of a mess but so she she started having to walk on a walker and let me tell you some amazing things that happened so my time, by the time she got to January, um, she was on a cane. She basically promoted from a walker to a cane. And eventually after that, a few months after that, or a couple months after that, she got from a cane to walking on her own again. And I felt like maybe there was a time where they told her that you know she may not walk or like she may have that feeling in her leg and she may be numb there you know i don't know if it meant forever or just for a long time but she she was able to walk on her own after a few months and (laughs) nowadays um she's she's a fast walker she i had to keep up with her even in like walmart you know make sure she's uh Know that she's ahead and here I am trying to catch up. And <laughs> so I just thought that was amazing. You know, she was able to to get herself back up into, um, and to beat the odds. I love that. So, uh, after they removed the cancer out of her body in August 2019, you know, the few weeks, you know, that's what led to the numbness in her leg and that's what led to the blood clots in her lungs Um so they uh, so yeah she's actually been cancer free ever since so that was in August 2020 so it's been about three and a half years of her being cancer free and like I said this blue is for colon cancer, you know, like how breast cancer is pink, um, colon cancer, the blue ribbon. And I don't know if people have noticed, but on my wrist, I always wear this blue wrist band. It says hope, faith, and love. And it has a blue, um, has the blue colon cancer ribbon on it. You know, it's something that, Uh, always will wear, and you know with you know every march of course they have that rub shaker 5k that happens to raise awareness for colon cancer so me and my family you know go through i go and do that this will be our third year doing it here uh in a couple of weeks so we'll be doing that and i'm looking forward to that so um you know, so some people may be wondering, why did you share this story? Um, the reason being is because there there's hope at the end of this story. There's the light at the end of this tunnel. Um, there's a rainbow at the end of the storm. Um, you know, many people, it's just how you have a perspective, how you, how you look at things, like your perspective on things. Um, you know, she could have just accepted defeat, but she didn't. She got up, she was strong, she, you know, was a champion, a warrior. She fought through it, went through a lot. And that September twenty nineteen was not the first time that she almost lost her life. Um, during a hysterectomy, so crazy stuff happened with that too, Um, you know, back in December 2018, uh, at the very beginning of it all. So, um, so I just want people to hear this story because there is hope, there is, um, not everybody has the same result, unfortunately. Some people actually do pass away from colon cancer or any kind of cancer. And but I just don't want people to think, I just don't want anybody to ever accept defeat when they hear the diagnosis of cancer. I don't want their loved ones accepting defeat either. I don't want them thinking that I'm going to lose this loved one because they could easily get through, or not easily, you know what I mean? They can they can get through this and it's going to be challenging. But they're going to need you to be there as a support. So here's some advice that I would give. If you're the person going through cancer. Of course the diagnosis is going to be there. Don't let that be your time to quit. Don't let that be that your time to feel like you're going to give up on life. And that you're going to set defeat. Fight the good fight. Don't ever give up. Stay strong. Um, you know, just live your life to the fullest, you know, to the best of your abilities. And, you know, find, find ways to even have self-reflection moments and, like, moments of improvements and growth and progress. You, like, whether it's your spiritual life of your faith, whether it's, you know, your... Um, just I don't know hobbies, you know anything. So, so yeah, like I said, I'm wearing this, and I actually have a picture here of um some of us doing it, my first, our first year, and I don't know, it's kind of blurry, it's kind of hard to see, but um I still have us sitting up here in my room on my windowsill, so. See, so yeah, uh, that's cool. And I, I know for your listeners, you're probably not uh able to see it, but it's just a picture of all of us uh the first year of the Rump Shakers when we did um when we did that. So see so yeah, you know, I, I want people to see there is hope. And and cancer is not always a death sentence. It it could be as a life changing thing for sure. And for the loved ones, just continue to be that support. Um continue to always be there for her, you know, or him, whoever's going through cancer, excuse me. And and just, you know, be strong for them. It's okay to have moments of sadness and fear and worry. Um, but just just continue to pick yourself back up and to stay strong and to not let any any question dwell within your mind you know when it comes to these scary questions you know you just got to give it up to god cause god will take you through it and I feel like my faith grew a lot stronger in 2019 even though it was the most emotionally draining year it was the most growth year as far as my faith God is good all the time all the time God is good you know and he really did bring me through it I did a lot of praying and as I do you know even in 20 as I was in 2020 there even now i you know, I have, have been growing on my faith and getting into the word and um, giving glory to God through it all. So there's one question that comes to mind, and other people may have some input as well on this. So, I would love to hear your feedback on this. Um, a question that comes to mind is something like, um, what are some things that you've learned throughout this whole cancer journey that you saw your mom go through? Um, or you could put your dad, your friend, your brother, or you go have gone through. Um, you know, you fill in the blank there. So here's something that I've learned. Um, even though my mom doesn't have cancer anymore, um, as of right now, she's clear. Um, unfortunately, there is a high chance of it coming back. Right now, it hasn't, you know, thankfully, but. Now, what I've learned is don't just show up only when the bad times are happening. Um, too often I see families and family members only show up when, when they are actually going through cancer and when the bad times are happening. But like when they're clear cancer, they, they stop showing up and stop coming around and they, they just kind of take it, take that person for granted and, and, it's something that I it just bothers me because it's like, why are you even like you only show up during the bad times? Why why don't you show up during the good times? So I think that's one piece of advice or one thing that I've learned is that is that I want to be there with my mom through the great and amazing moments and I've had some amazing memories with her with going on trips, whether it's to the beach. Or just going on road trips, or you know wherever, even um, you just going twenty minutes down the road to um, a a restaurant. Yeah, it's just another memory being made uh, with my mom. And you know it. You know when people do show up during the bad moments, it's almost like showing up to a funeral whenever someone dies. Um, when you were never around them when they were alive, so it was almost like pointless. Like, why are you showing up to the funeral, um, to see this person dead, um, if you could care less to see them alive? So, um, so yeah, and that that never makes sense to me. Why people do that? Why people wait until someone dies before they go see them? It's like that's so pointless and stupid. Um, appreciate every moment in your life. That's another good one that I love to, you know, take in and to appreciate, you know, everything that I have and, you know, still have in my mom here and just appreciating even the, even the thought of, um, I mean, I hate that she had cancer altogether, but just appreciating get that, the since she had cancer, that it happened before COVID, because after March 2020, it kind of got hard to where not many people can go up at this at the same time. Some people couldn't even go up there at all at one point, and I'm just glad that she went through her cancer journey in 2019, um, before COVID happened. Um, because I, I just know that nowadays I feel like it would be a whole different situation. I couldn't just go always visit my mom. I did that a good bit at uh, the hospital and spoke to her a lot. So, you know, that's that's something that you know I'll, I, I guess, I appreciate in a way is that uh, this all happened before COVID. And I know some people are even going through it right now when it comes to having it, whether it's during this COVID phase or after the COVID phase, whatever you want to call this. Um, I mean, COVID is still real. It just isn't as um, talked about nowadays as it used to be in 2020, 2021. So, you know, just even for those that, you know, have loved ones or if you're personally going through it, Just try to find moments of gratitude. Um whether it's you get to look outside the window and it's a beautiful day, whether it's you're just God's giving you another day to live here. Uh um you have oxygen, you have loved ones that come up to see you, even if it is one or two at a time. And yeah, uh, I just think that there's Always a time where you can be grateful and have a um attitude of gratitude, and yeah, I mean, I think just overall, seeing someone go through cancer, it could can be a very humbling experience. Um, knowing that like the bad things that I have ever complained about, it will it will never compare to this to someone going through cancer, um, you know, the small little petty stuff that I worry about or complain about, um, it's, it's not, it, it's not, it, you can't even compare because cancer is all about life or death. It's a lot more drastic than me being worried about you know, somebody doing me wrong or something or somebody ignoring me or not wanting to talk to me or whatever the case may be so it's a very humbling experience and I just had to continue to remind myself to to be grateful for what I have and even to be grateful for the the bad stuff that I go through knowing that it could be worse um I mean not that I'm like, oh please give me some bad times and bad moments and bad friends and I'm <laughs> um, so I'm not saying that. I'm just saying um it could be worse is all I'm saying. So so remember everybody, you know, don't give up. And and if you are going through the cancer journey or a cancer scare, um, I can even personally say myself that at one point um, my family members were concerned that I had cancer because I lost a lot of weight. Um, about 10 years ago, I lost like down to 50 pounds and five, zero, 50 pounds. And I was starting to have like this pain in my tailbone and it ended up not being cancer, thankfully, but we were all kind of scared but that that's what it, what it was. Um, it ended up being a, a pillow needle cyst and and I I don't know if it personally affects your weight. The only thing I can say is once that pillow needle cyst was removed, um, I ended up gaining the weight back. So I just assumed that it had something to do with that. But even going through that moment of having a cancer scare in that way was pretty pretty scary. You know, I started telling myself God, you are faithful regardless and you're sovereign and you are good. But at the same time, I was terrified and scared. So if there's even a possibility that you have cancer or it's been confirmed that you have cancer, don't ever let that be um, a moment of defeat. And don't ever give up. And for the loved ones, um, let's continue to love them with or without cancer and to appreciate that they're here. And to be grateful to God and to give glory to God, because even though my mom was strong, getting out of through it all, um, it was due to the strength that God gave her. And and for those that um have loved ones that have passed away from cancer, um, you know I pray that there is comfort, knowing that you know that they are not suffering. You know, it, when, if they are, if they've been faithful to God and they love Jesus and all that, you know, and they accepted Him as our Lord and Savior, they are walking the streets of gold with no struggles as far as the cancer. And I think that's a happy ending that we all want is heaven, of course. And yeah. I think that's actually going to end this topic today. Um, thank you all for listening to me or, you know, watching me. Thank you for letting me be open and honest and even emotional and vulnerable about this. Because even though it happened back in 2019, it still personally affects me to this day. And it just, I just got to remember to always be. Grateful for what I have, and that that she's still here, and to just never lose hope, and to continue being faithful to God. So, anyways, everybody, I appreciate y'all watching and li- or listening, um, whether it's on YouTube or most of the podcast streaming platforms. Um, I appreciate your support there. So. Anyways, everybody, I hope y'all have a good rest of your day or night, depending on when you're watching this, and I will see y'all on the next episode of Now Your Average Child. Talk to y'all later. Goodbye. Thank you, everybody, that took the time to listen to this episode of Not Your Average Joel. My podcast is available not only on YouTube, but also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I also have an Instagram page where you can see outstanding moments behind the scenes and even a funny moment or two from each episode at Not Your Average Joel Podcast. If you want to get in contact with me, then my Instagram page is probably the best way to do so through direct messaging i appreciate any kind of support that you have given to this channel whether you are a guest or a listener to this podcast once again i thank y'all so much and i look forward to sharing more of my life with y'all on the next episode of not your average joel goodbye